This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. I'm almost tempted to uh, try to emulate Charlie by impersonating her voice, but I don't think I better do that. She's probably tuned in from her new home, just uh, a, a hip hop, skip and a jump from Rednersville in Prince Edward County. Anyway, good morning. Welcome to the Garden Show. I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, and today sitting in the captain's chair. And across from me is Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario, who very kindly is going to be uh, the guest host for today and again next week to give Charlie a little bit of time to get things taken care of with the new house. You know how that goes, Dennis. Oh, yeah. She she needs a, oh. she needs a good rest, that Charlie, doesn't she? <laughs> she sure does. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Shirley and I, on our way back from Prince Edward County, we were there for six days at uh, one of my favorite spots in the whole world, Lake on the Mountain. And so on the way back, we stopped in to see the new house. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, really uh, absolutely delightful. Yeah. And, uh, There's going to be pressure on her, uh, never mind the house. How about the garden, uh, Frank? Oh, yeah, well. Right? There's going to be a lot of pressure from you and me. A lot of landscaping to come there, <laughs> you know, because it's just basically dirt at the moment. Yeah. And not the kind of dirt you want to throw grass seeds on it. Yeah. You know, the, Maybe she could phone in um, this today that, for some advice. There maybe. you go. Yes. <laughs> That's a good idea, which reminds me, I better get the phone numbers on the air in case anyone would like to fire a question at Dennis. By all means, we'd love to see him stumped. Uh, anyway, the the uh, phone number for the Toronto area, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Our little mantra goes this way, call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, let Duncan, our operator, know, and uh, he'll let me know, and before we get to the airwaves, you're going to get that. Yeah. Your garden wings. Yeah. Okay. We're Frank, off. Frank, was that your first horticultural pun of the day? What was that? You said we'd like to get him stumped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you got right to the root of the problem already. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, no, dear. No. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> you're running rings around me. I can, I can tell. Oh. oh, I've got to stop. He's branching <laughs> off again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, let's talk just a little bit before we take phone calls in just a couple of moments. A little bit about Landscape Ontario. Tell mm-hmm. us what, what that is and what you guys do. Mm-hmm. So the official title is Landscape Ontario Horticultural Trades Association, uh-huh. which is a bit of a mouthful. Uh, but it it is a not-for-profit association. We have over 3,000 members mm-hmm. across the province, uh, anything from Windsor to Ottawa up, up to Sudbury. Mm-hmm. And um, a member is typically a, a landscape contractor, an irrigation company, a gardens, anyone that's in the green profession. And uh, they, they mainly uh, join us, Frank, for the educational benefits um, of, of an association. So we're ramping up right now for the fall and winter season where we offer all sorts of educational courses. Mm -hmm. We put on a fabulous trade show. um, And the whole thing is geared towards the the green profession.
profession to uh, what we like to say is raise the bar in the profession. So um, to, to make sure that when you're that your listeners are hiring a contractor, going to a garden center, they're getting the best of the best right. uh, of people that have been trained and, and often certified. Yeah, a number of uh, times we get calls about trees. And, yes. of course, uh, people starting, we advise them, of course, try to work with a certified arborist. Yes. And by going through to uh, Landscape Ontario, you can recommend various people for the areas, right? Ab- absolutely. We, we've recently revamped our, our website, mm-hmm. uh, landscapeontario.com. So coming to that is a great resource for, right. for, for gardeners uh, to find out gardening information. Um, and as you rightly said, get connections. Um, it's getting a little technical, little, little, um, complicated, some of the aspects of horticulture gardening. And I, I, I and you mentioned arborist. I could, you, you could, Frank, you couldn't pick on a better subject. The thought of someone up on top of a stepladder, oh, yeah. wielding a chainsaw scares, oh, scares, mm, the, hello, heck, yeah. scares the heck out of me. <laughs> um, and so from a, just a liability standpoint, yeah. um, please visit our website, get some contacts of, of professionals in the, in the, yeah. in the industry that you can contact and, and rest assured that you're going to get uh, uh, a, a great service. Great yeah. stuff. Okay. Landscape Ontario. Just looked that up online. Meantime, we're going to take a quick little break and we'll come back. Oh, an old favorite of ours is on the uh, line. That would be Warner from Tilsonburg. We'll be talking to him next here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And sitting in Charlie's chair today is Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario. And you know, I was mentioning that our first caller online is Werner from Tilsonburg. I know he's got a question about a mulberry tree, but before we get to that, Werner, I'd like you, because I was quickly explaining to Dennis about your fabulous recipe for growing huge tomatoes. Do you want to give that recipe again for me? Hey, Werner. Hello, Werner. There you are. There he is. The recipe is, you take a water bottle or any bottle, plastic bottle, cut out the bottom, yep. and stick the bottle into the ground when you planted your tomato close to the roots, as deep as you can go. Right. Then you put in two tablespoons of fat-free skin milk. Right. One tablespoon of the uh, the oh, salt, no. salt, salt. Frank, help me. The salt. Epsom. Epsom salts. Epsom salt. There we are. Hey, you saved my day. <laughs> okay. I had a moment again. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> so. And then you water it. Yep. You stick the hose in that bottle, and it dissolves both both items, and goes right to the root. You do that once a week. You have no black rot on the tomatoes, and you get beautiful fruit, and the the, the tomatoes they grow like trees. Wow. Fabulous. That's yeah. great. Thanks for doing that, Werner. Uh, You're welcome. Okay. Now, let's address your initial question here, and that was a mulberry tree? Mulberry, 
Bruce, I have to say, uh, Charlie developed an English accent, eh? But, <laughs> um, she she has, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a little deeper than her, her accent, too. A little deeper, eh? Not much deeper. <laughs> I might. That whispering mulberry tree. Yeah. And I understand there's two kinds. This one is that doesn't bear uh, bears any berries. Right. Yeah. So there is... One year old. Six feet tall. Wow. Three inch thick. And it has rusty marks on the leaves. When you touch the leaves, they fall right off. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Werner, you hit the nail on the head there with your description. It is actually a rust disease. Uh, it's a, it's a spore, so it's often spread by a wind. What is a spore? Yes, yeah, a spore. It's spread by wind or spread by rain. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, uh, today would be a good example that, that that's going to spread around uh, the tree and around your garden. In general, it doesn't do a lot of harm. It's a it's an aesthetic thing. It's a visual thing. People don't like the look of it. Um, if, however, it really took off, um, uh, you know, too many brown spots in a leaf, obviously, uh, if there's not enough green, it doesn't photosynthesize. And so that could, that could be harmful. But in general, the, the, the solution is, uh, if it gets too bad is, is to uh, pick off the affected leaves as quickly as you can and, and uh, get rid of them. Don't compost them. And thinking ahead, you might want to think about a dormant spray um, uh, next next March um, before the tree comes into leaf. A um, dormant? A dormant, a dormant spray. As the name suggests, you put it on when the tree is dormant, um, when it's not in leaf. And, and what's the name of that dormant spray? Uh, the, it'll come under uh, different brand names, but if you just go to a independent garden center and ask for a dormant spray, it, it'll tend to be a lime sulfur and oil mix that you mix together um, in in March. And uh, that that put it on your calendar, Werner. It'll give you a nice job to do, and on a sunny day in March. There you oh, go, hey, Dennis. Hey, that's uh, great. What I tried, what I tried was I put Defender fungicide on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it sort of helped a bit. Yeah, yeah, it, it will help. The, the, <clears throat> the old adage is, is, you know, prevention is better than cure. So if right. you can get, a, get ahead of a problem and, and stop it at the early stages, um, what you're doing, uh, you, you know, is, is, is trying to react to the problem, which is great, good for you, uh, but uh, trying to be preventive is, is way better. So Dormant spray. Dormant spray, sir. You got it. And soap, and what else mix? It's it's a lime sulfur and uh, a dormant oil. Uh, so the, lime the, sulfur. Yeah, yeah. So the sulfur is the active ingredient, and the oil is basically the way that is dispersed. The way that you uh, get that uh, product to stick on but, stick but on the, the tree. The folks at, at the garden center that you deal oh, they with, will, they'll, they'll make sure you get the right thing, yeah. Warner. I'm okay. Sulfur is the active ingredient. You, yeah. Yeah, so lime sulfur, yeah. So Frank wants you to phone in next next March, right, Frank? Exactly. And tell us how that little project's going. <laughs> hey, hey, I'll phone in before that. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Werner. <laughs> All the very best to you and the gang in, Thank you guys. in Tilsonburg. Thank you. Okay. How, how is your health now? Oh, very good. I'm doing really well, honestly. You know, I'm in third gear. I'm looking for overdrive. <laughs> there you go. Well, we've got to drive off to our next caller. As a matter of fact, a first-time caller. So that means Frank's reached for the bell. 
Hey, that's for Lynn calling from, and I got to find out where this is, Hawk Lake. Good morning, Lynn. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> where Where is Hawk Lake? Okay, it's Hockley. Oh, Hawk. All right. Oh, Hockley. Hockley, it's five kilometers or, or five miles east of Hockley, uh, Hockley Valley Resort. Oh, all righty. Okay. Orangeville direction. Yeah. I got, got you pretty well nailed. What's your question? Um, I'm having problems with my tomatoes rotting on the bottom, and I have been using Werner's recipe this year for the first time. Uh-huh. And anyway, just the black spot has just started hmm. coming as my tomatoes are ripening. And what can I do or what's happened? Well, we're going to redirect you to Werner's complaints department. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, my guess is most of the calls that are going to come in uh, today and this season are, are weather-related because it's been such a strange, strange year for weather. Uh, you know, we had the wet season, oh, then we God. had hot spells. Yeah. And the secret with tomatoes is, um, and they've discovered this through a lot of research at the University of Guelph, that the more consistent you can be uh, with the um, treatment of tomatoes, and that is the watering, uh, the, the, con- the fertilizer, Everything to do with it, you're going to get the best results. Now, when you have a a season like we've had, it's pretty tough to regulate Mother Nature. Uh, she's got a bad temper. And and so uh, my guess would be, Lynn, that uh, that is your problem. It's probably nothing that you're doing or not doing. It's it's more weather-related. And all I can suggest right now in the season uh, is... Very little. I hate. To, I, <laughs> yeah. I hate to. I hate to tell you. Uh, pick off any affected affected leaves. Uh, what you want to concentrate right now is getting those tomatoes to ripen. Um, what I'm finding in my own garden and other people's gardens is there's too much foliage on on tomatoes right now. The sun isn't getting to the fruit, oh. so, you, so you might want to. So we're gonna clear the thin, leaves away yeah. and, and let the sun thin hit, it out. Hit the fruit uh, so, so sun is your best friend uh, right uh, oh. at, at this point in time. So thinning out uh, the foliage, the leaves to get some sun on on that fruit will not only ripen the fruit, but it might dry up. Uh, that issue that you're having at the at the base. And my last comment, Lynn, is a question, not a comment, is uh, how, do, do you have the soil or, or mulch uh, high on those plants? Uh, not particularly. Good. I try to put the root in uh, as deep as I can when I'm planting them. Perfect, yeah. Um, but I'm finding the plant looks like it's at the end of its life right now. I'm watering every other day mm. from a pond. Um, because of the lack of rain, but um, the plants seem to be, like I said, dying off. They're, oh. they're loaded. Uh, the the, the they plants are. looked as healthy as could be, but now all of a sudden this past week they've started this black root problem. Could there be too much watering going on, Dennis? No. 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 Okay. Um, so quick question, and and um, the, the pond, um, do you use that for your own use too? No, no, you don't. Just for the frogs. Yeah, um, just just a, a, a shot, a shot in the dark. When was the last time you had the water tested? Never had the pond tested. 
do me a favor and do Frank a favor. Um, have it have it tested and and tell us tell us the results. Well, it's not always pond water. It's it's usually rainwater. Okay, but that's been a little scarce. Yes. Yep. Um, so, like we collect, you know, many rain barrels and empty them as much. But as a backup, we use the pond. So yeah. It's yeah, good, good for you. So the other, the other thing is, is some sort of tomato wilt or, or fungus problem that's got, got. Is it all the plants, Lynn? No, no just just oh. tomato. Yes, maybe, maybe ten percent. Hmm. Oh, really? Hmm. Uh, that's a di- that's a difficult one. Can you send us a photo? <laughs> no, I picked them all off. <laughs> okay, that was my other part of the question was, what do I do with this rotted one? Do I put them yeah. in the compost yeah. or should I burn them? Uh, if it's a fungal uh, thing, you, you, you're on the right track, Lynn, uh, burn them. Get, yeah, get yeah. rid of them. Just yeah. just in case. Uh, so that's, oh, well, that's good. If you took them out, that, wow, you're ahead of the game. Good, good for you. Uh, let's hope that you stopped it there. Uh, yeah, that it doesn't spread to the rest of them. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Lynn, thank you for joining us on this Saturday morning. A bit rainy, though it may be, and I feel badly for a lot of folks who are heading for the X. I know. And in particular, the the people who work at the uh, CNE. I I know. Oh, man. But the best news, Frank, is at the X, the garden show is inside. Well, there you go. (laughs) Always a bright little spot, that Dennis Flanagan, I'll tell you. We've got to take a little bit of a break right here, and we're going to come back and say hi to Michael in Toronto. You're listening to The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. In for Charlie Dobbin, Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, a bit of a cloudy day, but the sunshine has been brought through to the studio with Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario, sitting in very kindly. Thank you very much uh, for our uh, lovely gal, Charlie Dobbin, who yeah. is enjoying a new house out there in uh, Prince Edward County. Now, Michael on the line right around the corner here in Toronto. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, nice to be able to speak with you. I called in last week and spoke with Charlie about a uh, problem I was having with uh, many uh, different specimens and varieties of boxwood on my property. I'm in a Tobacoke around, say, Bloor and Royal York area, and it's relevant. So uh, she suggested uh, she'd forgotten the name precisely, uh, but thought it was some sort of mite or whatever, and there, and there was some kind of uh, mite infestation. Okay. But... I realized within the days following my call last week that that was only the the least serious of my problems. And unfortunately, I seem to be hosting a very voracious new pest uh, to attack boxwood, and it's boxwood tree moth. Oh, man. Uh, uh, Dennis, are you familiar with this? Oh, Michael, you, <laughs> you've hit the, the question of the day as far as we're concerned. Uh, Landscape Ontario is heavily involved in, in the infestation, um, and it's brand new. It's an invasive species. We do not know where it came from. Um, I was just talking to someone that came back from Holland yesterday. The boxwood industry in Holland is totally decimated. Oh, wow. Millions of plants 
plants have been destroyed. Yeah. Uh, we're hoping, we're hoping that we can uh, get ahead of the game here in Toronto, in Canada, and stop this this from spreading. Yes. Uh, we are in partnership with the ministry. We're in partnership with some private partners right now. Um, so, Michael, what I'd, I'd, I'd like to do um, is, is give you a phone number that you can call me personally. Oh, I, okay, certainly. On, on, on Monday. Uh, so that's 1 800 265 5656. And yes. it's extension 303, and that'll get through to me personally. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't have said that on the air, should I, Frank? No, no. no. That's perfect. <laughs> that's okay, because I, I'd like to tell you so that your listeners can be alert. Yes. Uh, I've had uh, specimens, because um, again, I mentioned I've had, I have different varieties. I have a very mature garden. Uh, it's affected uh, uh, variably uh, boxwoods of different varieties yep. ages. So in, let's say, the space of five days, a uh, 30-year-old specimen, about four feet high, conical, yep. uh, I'm not sure of that particular variety, doesn't matter, completely defoliated. Oh, my Ouch. God. Wow. I, 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 I know. Days, and I was going out and just picking them off by hand. Yeah. Each day, I thought I had cropped them completely, yeah. and I would go the next day, see more leaf defoliation, wow. and then go and handpick yet again as many. May I say this? Uh, quite innocently, uh, uh, last September, late September, early October, totally unaware and blissfully, uh, again, ignorant of this problem, I'd gone out my front uh, door. I have a dark uh, a brick uh, home, and there was this ghostly, diaphanous moth, moth never yeah. seen before yep. in my life. I called it to the attention of another family member. They said, geez, how strange. It was really just like I said, diaphanous and ghostly yeah. uh, sitting on the dark brick. And I thought, well, I've never seen that before in my many years now no. on Earth. I said, I can't imagine what it is. Yeah. And then now, when I backwardly did my research and I saw the photograph, I said, there, there it is. There it is, yeah. There Wow, and 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 you're right, Michael. We we no one has seen this before in in Toronto, Isn't and it? where it came from, we've no idea. It coincidentally, a, a, a botanist neighbour of yours came home one night, spotted the same thing, and and uh, alerted the authorities, and that's how we knew about it. Uh, my associate Coke. Apparently, I understand. Yes, there's a rather small. Yes. radius. Yes, there is. Uh, around here. Uh, you know, Dennis, before I forget my thought, I'd, I'd like to put something to you. You know what I suspect? I suspect it came from the airport. Ah. You might be thinking, oh, ridiculous. No, yeah. because that would explain the, this yeah. particular area. That's a good thought. We're, we're in the most heavily foliated area yeah. close to the airport. Huh. Yeah. Put it that way. Uh, you'd leave my front door, you'd be in a non-traffic period to be yeah. in the airport in about 10, 12 minutes. Oh, yeah, wow. that's a yeah. great, great thought. My, my, that's what I think. Mm -hmm. That's my personal yep. theory with this transportation of species, because I thought climate change, but I, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad you phoned in, Michael, because um, you know after the show, I, I I need to talk to Charlie. I need to talk to Frank uh, about becoming partners in in this battle because it is going to be a battle, and you're going to be the first of many calls that we're going to get yeah, on on, yeah. on uh, Zuma Radio. Well, about, good for you for jumping yes. jumping onto it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I called back. I wanted people to be alert because the damage again, just to tell you, wow. it's profound yep. and it's. 
so rapid. You just, I, I think if you winked in a week, yeah. you, you could lose a hedge, whatever. Yes. Oh, in just eight. Really? I, I know you could. It's, it's that voracious, this particular moth. You're, you're right. So thanks, thanks, Michael. Give me a call thanks. on Monday. Uh, we'll give well, you the latest update of, of what Landscape yeah. Ontario is doing about it. And, uh, you know, Frank, uh, I'll let you talk to Charlie. Yes, yes, I, I will. Charlie, wherever you are, hope everything's going well. And now you know the problem was more than just mites, so That's I right. didn't know either. Okay. Well, bless your heart for calling in, Michael. Thanks, gentlemen. Have a good day. Yeah, yeah you bet. very much again. All the very best. Thank you so very much. Well, gee, I hope we can come yeah. up eventually with a solution to that. But it's ooh, devastating. What a son of a gun. Where are we? 9.36 on a Saturday morning in the chair for Charlie Dobbin is Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario. And we have next on the line from Caledonia, Mabel. Good morning, Mabel. Good morning, Frank and Dennis. Mabel, hi. How are you this morning? Great. Just, just great. That's great. Uh, I have a gardenia tree or bush, and I'm having significant trouble with it this year. Uh, I, did, I know it can get uh, infestated, and so early I sprayed with just garden raid once a week just to make sure that I could keep anything under control, but it didn't work. I have some little, and they could be mealybugs, just a little tiny white cotton spot at the base of every bloom where it comes from the stem uh, up, up to the buds. Yeah, yeah, and it's a gardenia, right? Yes, and yeah. I've used... Uh, the soap and water yeah. uh, solution. I'm and I've picked them off day after day after day, but I'm losing my battle. And I have about uh, between forty and fifty buds on my tree, Ooh, so beautiful. I don't want to lose them. No. So a couple couple of things. One is it indoors or outside? It's uh, it's outside. It's outside, and you bring it in for the winter. Yes. Yeah. Good. Um, have you ever, tr- Mabel? Have you ever tried the? <clears throat> plastic bag trick so no matter what product you're using um, if you can imagine when you're spraying it you're probably losing 50% 70% of the spray so the idea is next time you're going to go and, and, and use something is to put a large plastic bag over the whole plant and if you can imagine put your hand put your arm up inside the plastic bag and do the treatment that you're doing uh, it's so much more effective you're kind of entrapping the, the spray um, and, and, and typically what happens the, the little mealybugs or the aphids whatever they are when they jump off the plant, they bang their head on the plastic bag. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that would help. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, if you can imagine, it's like putting a mini greenhouse over the plant, yeah. and, and, yeah. and it's way more effective. <laughs> so that would be tip number one. If, it, if there's any anything that's in the actual um, uh, soil of the plant, um, use the old dishwasher trick, uh, so a diluted dishwasher uh, solution, and and use one of the waterings inside the soil itself, and that will take care of any eggs or larvae in the soil. Um, so you're on the right track, but just try the, the, the plastic bag trick, would you, Mabel? Yes, certainly. Okay. Good. Thank you very much for joining us on this Saturday morning here on Zoomer Radio AM 740. We've bumped up to our next commercial break, but we'll be back to say hi to Siva here in Toronto momentarily. Dennis Flanagan in for Charlie Dobbin, and this is The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio.
Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Frank Proctor again with Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario in uh, in the state of uh, Charlie, who's taking some time to move into that gorgeous new home she's got in Prince Edward County. Now, it, when we first uh, saw Dennis first thing this morning, about quarter to eight, he said, I've got a special guest I'd like to bring on the show. I said, absolutely. Then he told me about what this guest is going to talk about. You will be amazed What's going to happen? Uh, so let's yeah. find out. You can introduce our special guest. Yeah, yes, it is amazing, Frank. And uh, um, my good friend and associate, uh, Lissa, is is going to come on the line here and talk about a, a project that you won't believe that's going to happen right in the middle of the city of Toronto. Yeah, good morning, Lissa. Good morning. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah. So, fr- fr- Hi. Fr- yeah, Lisa, tell us about uh, what you're going to be up to t- tomorrow morning. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dennis. Um, So like mentioned, we're going to be holding a Green Street Challenge at the intersection of Young and Bloor Street, downtown Toronto. So if you don't know, a Green Street Challenge is where we roll out literally a green carpet. So a carpet of sod on a downtown street, turning that street from gray to green for the day. And it's really to create a pop-up park that acts as not only an urban oasis, but also a play space for kids. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's fabulous. I, I told Lisa, I told Frank that this morning, and his, his eyes are popping out of his head going, young and blue. You sure you got the address <laughs> yeah, right, Dan? Really? Yeah, really. <laughs> the, the, the busiest intersection in, in not only Toronto, but I'm guessing Ontario, um, Lisa is going to stop the traffic personally. Um, <laughs> from, from what time to what time is this underway? Yeah. For sure. So we're part of the Open Streets Toronto Festival, and the festival runs from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. today, or tomorrow, my So bad. four hours, yeah. Four uh, hours. So yeah. we have four hours, and um, it's 5,000 square feet of sod in the middle of Bloor Street, <laughs> and um, we're bringing out a whole slew of toys, so very exciting things for yeah. kids, families, and kids at heart, really. Yeah. Um, and it's to promote outdoor unstructured play yeah. um, because the, we're finding. Yeah. Listen, yeah. that's the bottom line, isn't it? We're, we're, we're into a generation of kids uh, that their heads are down and their thumbs are active. And you're encouraging them to come out and play outside. Um, and, and, and the best way to describe, I know you've done six of these across the province. So for, for, for Frank to make his eyes pop out of his head again, just describe two minutes of the activity that happens. For sure. So you're going to be walking down Bloor Street, and then suddenly you're going to come across 5,000 square feet of sod. Um, you'll see various different um, planting activities. So we have a microgreens activity. Um, we had a rigamajig in previous ones. Uh, you'll see hula hoops, soccer balls flying. We're going to have from 11 to 11.45, Lululemon is coming out and doing a yoga session on hey. the Green Street. So... Lots of fun things to do. I would have loved to have been a fly in the wall when you first suggested this to the city. Did you get any kind of a pushback on that? The city has been very supportive. Um, So the street closure is in effect. And then it's actually the City of Toronto Parks and Forestry Department are Uh coming out. And they're, they're hosting some of their activities on the Green Street as well. So 
amazing support from the city, Landscape Ontario members, sod growers, and local partners have come together to really make this this play space possible. Fantastic. So 10 a.m. tomorrow, Young and Blur, Green Street Challenge. L- Lisa, I'm going to spend the rest of the show trying to convince Frank... <laughs> To come down, and you have a hula hoop for him, don't oh, you? Oh, goody. <laughs> I have it with his name on it, so I'll be there to meet you, Frank. Thank you, Liza. Thank, I appreciate thanks, it. Thanks so much. And thank you for being on the show. That's that's a fantastic thing. My gosh. All righty. Keep that in mind, my friends, especially if you've got kids in the family. Head down there, young and uh, blur. You couldn't be more downtown than that. No. Well, let's welcome, as we had promised earlier, uh, a little chat coming up here with Siva here in Toronto. Good morning, Siva. Morning, guys. I'm morning. glad you're back, Frank. Well, thank you. Uh, Dennis, I want to know what I can do with my raspberry canes that didn't have fruit. Should I cut them back or should I leave them for the following year? Yeah. Do you know, do you happen to know what variety they are, whether they're an ever-bearing one? No, I don't think they're ever-bearing. They bear once a year and that's it. Yeah. So probably, and how old are they? How long have you had them in? Uh, Probably over 20 years. Oh, wow. Uh, so probably some are getting pretty thick. Aren't? They are. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you've you've answered there, uh, Ziva. You you've got to uh, thin them out, uh, prune them back, uh, get some fresh growth coming up from the base. They just need to be rejuvenated, basically. Um, okay. Twenty twenty years, um, you know, is great and 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 is great. So um, a nice. I, I usually do cut them, like take out all the rot, rotten cans. Yeah, so. good. But these ones have grown up since I did the pruning, yep. and they're tall, but they have no fruit. So. Yeah, yeah, trying to be a little bit uh, ruthless, um, uh-huh. and, um, and and that's the answer. Just a quick comment here. It's been so nice how probably 80% of the callers have asked about Frank's health today. Yeah, thank um, you. Which is... Which is kind of nice. Yeah, uh, and, he's and a I'm, lovely person. I've yeah. never met him, but yeah. he's beautiful. Well, well, I can tell you, actually, since his little time off, he's come in, and he looks twenty years younger. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I don't know what they did to him, but <laughs> injected with his heart, some hormones or something. Anyway, no. Anyway, get out, get out to the pruning shears and uh, get get to work, Ziva. Thank okay, you. Okay, so just level them all back. Yep. Okay, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Siva. And bye-bye. for the good wishes as well. I appreciate that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. From Eden, Ontario, we've got Anne on the line. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. Eden. Wow. <laughs> the uh, garden good of. Good to have you back, Frank. It's so good to hear your voice. And oh, thank, thank you, Dennis, for filling in. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, last year, I purchased some sedum with golden uh, orangey flowers and yep. year-end clearance. I repotted them and put them behind the garage and in their pots, and they are currently very healthy and starting to bud. I think they're pink. Oh. Uh, is it possible that I've lost my mind? <laughs> <laughs> I know you can change the color of hydrangea. Is it possible to change them back? <laughs> you know, if I had to take a guess at it, it's probably something to do with the the amount of light that it's that it's getting. Um, that's pretty unusual. Though. Full sun. Full sun, eh? Wow. Um, the only other guess I'm taking is there was more than one variety in the in the same pot. 
which often happens when when you have succulents. Um, you know, they tend to to put as many plants as they can in one pot, and if someone put more than one variety in there, then possibly that that pink variety is a which typically it is. It tends to be a bit stronger, a bit more dominant, and could have taken over. Um, the, the rest of the rest of the pot. Is there any yellow showing? No, nothing. Well, they're not in bloom yet. Oh, oh, when oh. I saw the pink, I just thought of hydrangeas. How you need to yes, uh, yeah, throw no. some rusty nails at them, <laughs> and acid or something. No, yeah, no. I'd go inside and drink a few rusty nails. Uh, but uh, right. I, <laughs> I'd be joining you. <laughs> no, that's a that's a that's a great qu- that's the question of the day. I think Frank, because you said I could be stumped, and well, I'm I'm stu- you've stumped me. <laughs> Mike had the question of the day. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> uh, but, well, all right. So, well, maybe so you could look into this. I don't have a I, computer. I, I will. I look into it. And because, as Frank said, I'm coming back next week. Yeah. Uh, two weeks in a, in a row. That Charlie, uh, you know, boy, she's got a two-week party happening. Um, I'll be listening for yeah, sure. Yeah, listen, and we'll see if we can come up with the, the Cedar Monster. Maybe I'll give my... My good friend Paul Paul Zamet at the Toronto Botanical Gardens are cool. He's a he's an expert on that. Uh, they were fully grown yeah. perennials, and they, that's the only color that was in the pot. One sedum in each pot. Really beautiful. Well, we'll but check into I it have for you. Pink. <laughs> <don't> wow, <laughs> that's so funny. And thank you so much. And we'll be talking to you next week, guaranteed. I'm sure. Thank you. Okay, we have to take another little bit of a commercial break here. Uh, you are listening to the Garden Show. Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario in for Charlie Dobbin. I'm Frank Proctor. Stay tuned. We got Doreen on the line coming up next. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Already, as promised, we have Doreen on the line from St. Catharines. Hi, Doreen. Good morning. Nice to hear the jovial tea this morning. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and, uh, Frank, I was wondering, did you have a little nip and tuck while you were in there or something? I Gee whiz, if I'd thought of that, about, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling to talk about peonies. It's an old problem, I know. Yeah. The white, I call it dust, that's on some of the leaves. Yes. I have a huge peony plant, which gets, uh, it's east, southeast, it's, Pure. It's beautiful. Um, no, none of this stuff. I have plants at the east side of the house and the and the north, and they've all got this dust. Yep, yep, yep. And and do you find that the ones with the dust are in a little bit more shade than definitely, the others? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's the issue. You know, pe- oh, you know, okay. that's that's unfortunately. Um, what that dust uh, or, or fungus or mildew disease is looking for. The bright sun will burn it off very quickly, okay. but anything in shade is, is going to increase that problem. I sort of wondered if that would be <laughs> the issue, but now you've just called it mildew. Should I get rid of them then? No. Oh, no, absolutely not. Um, oh, okay. it, it would tell you if it needed to go um, because it would turn from white in, into brown um, and oh, de- decaying okay. leaves and, and not many times. Peonies are very tough plants. That's why they've been around for so yes. for so long. Hundreds and hundreds. Hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, What color were they, by the way? Oh, deep pink. 
Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I guess you would call it. They're, they're, it's a huge, it's, it's gorgeous. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Um, okay. So, yes. So well, just me at ease then. Yeah, just a bit of a shade problem. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully, um, oh, so tip of the day. Um, if, if those leaves are falling on the ground, which they will, obviously, uh, in the fall, collect, collect them up. And uh, as Frank mentioned earlier, try to burn them, get rid of them. Um, and oh. because mildew, fungus diseases will uh, possibly overwinter in the compost or in the ground. Oh, so okay. uh, be a little uh, good with the house Gosh, cleaning okay. um, this this uh, September, October when they fall down. Thanks for the Actually, call. I do mine uh, right after Halloween every oh, year. Oh, there good you stuff. Go. Yeah, they're still green and everything, and I think it's time. Yeah, do, do you something. wear a costume? Um, (laughs) You don't want to know that. (laughs) Well, a ton of fun, Doreen. Thank you for being with us this morning. Uh, Oh, and just around the corner from you is uh, Julie in St. Catharines. Good morning, Julie. Good morning. Morning. Hi. Good morning, gentlemen. I have a question, um, serious question regarding creeping Charlie and taking over my lawn. Yeah. Yeah, she's moved, so there's <laughs> yeah. not much yeah, of a, not definitely. much of a problem anymore. <laughs> oh, oh boy, that is the number one weed pr- um, question that probably comes. And into, those roots go uh, everywhere, they, and they're yeah, devil they to get rid of. They do, they do, and it seems to be uh, whatever you do, it makes it worse. If you pull uh, and you only get half the plant, it it tends to propagate the root underneath the ground. So, um, is it all over the lawn at this point in time? It's, it's about halfway. Halfway, yeah. So, I hate to tell you, um, you know, you can pick away, pick away, pick away, but it, it really isn't going to solve the problem. Uh, if it really gets to the point it's unbearable, uh, you've, got, you've got to go to the next stage, and, and coming up to September is the best time to do this. If you're going to uh, decide to eradicate that part, part of the lawn, do away with it. Uh, new topsoil, new seed, um, and start start afresh. So if it's that bad, uh, coming up to September is the best time to do it. What about the old uh, business of covering with the yeah. black plastic? Yeah, and you know, making sure no light gets in, yeah. and it just bakes it bakes the the ground and kills off yeah. everything in that soil. And Frank, for years, listeners have thought you slept through this show. So <laughs> you, you have been listening uh, because you're absolutely right. Uh, that's the that's that's the most, the the best, most effective, and the best organic way of getting getting rid of um, any type of weed. Is it, no light, no no growth. Right now, how so, long do you have to leave that plastic on? Uh, there? It depends on the weed, depends on the problem, but at least a month. Okay. So yeah. if you wanted to do that now, uh, you could you could do it. Uh, right now, uh, well, wait, wait till the end of the show. Um, yeah. You could do, do put that <laughs> thick pla- here. <laughs> put, that, put that thick plastic down. Um, completely get rid of the weed. You're going to get rid of the, any grass that's in there yeah. too, and then start afresh in September. Um, try to get weedless, you know, no, topsoil that hasn't got any any seed weed seed in, and um, a top quality grass seed. And, and start afresh. So, bit of a challenge, but if you're up for it, be a great time of year. Okay, thank you very much, Julie. We're fresh out of racetrack here as we head toward the uh, 10 o'clock news and, with Gavin. And then, of course, we'll turn things over to the guys from Dave's Corner Garage. Always a ton of fun listening to those guys. And listen, uh, by uh, all uh, accounts, uh, and I'm 
I'm, I'm presuming a lot here. However, <laughs> thank you very much, Dennis. What a great job you've done for Charlie today here uh, from Landscape Ontario. You had mentioned your phone number, and I'm thinking of Michael and that call yep. about the boxwood yep. plants and so forth. Would you mind if I gave your number again? Absolutely. Okay, if you'd like to reach out on Monday to have a chat personally with Dennis, his number is 1-800-265-5656, extension 303. And Dennis, we're going to see you again next week. And uh, my buddy in the next room there, Duncan, super job operating, my man. Thank you so very much. Frank Proctor, see you again at 1 o'clock today on Zuma Radio. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.